welcome back, alligators and articulators, to the show with Steve McJones. This is a very special episode for me because I'm releasing a dual thingy here, bumping bumping me up to ten episodes. So I, you know, I just kind of want to use this as a as a checkpoint episode, and I haven't done one by myself in a little bit, and I know that some people prefer those ones over ones with guests, and uh, that's kind of a lie because I've never heard that before, but I prefer the ones with just me and because I'm awesome and great, and you don't need, you don't need another personality, you just need me in your life, just more, more of Steve, and that's also a lie because I don't even need me. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is all about uh, meditation and, and my process and experience with meditation and how it's helped me. And I do recommend it as a as a thing that 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 you try out at some point. And I think it's it's just a fun episode to to get to know me a little bit better and kind of if you're feeling stressed or in a, a bad place right now, it, it it gives you reason to at least think about meditation. So look into that. I'm also dual releasing um, another episode, like I said. And the other episode is just a small little meditation exercise that I threw together for you. It's it's interesting. It's fun. Check it out. It's only going to be like less than 10 minutes. So, yeah. Uh, enjoy this one and check that one out too. Thanks. All right. Let's get down to the brass tacks here. Meditation. What is it? Why do we need it? Why should you do it? I am doing this episode because I meditate, and I'm one of the the very few people that I know who tries to do it regularly. I got into it my freshman year of college because that year sucked a lot, and meditation was something where I was like, there's nothing else to try, why not try meditation? And so I was, I did, I did, I, I tried it out, and it absolutely did not work, it was awful. You just sit there, I mean... I tried to like read up on how to do it online and you just sit there and you're like <sighs> Anyways, yeah, it's a whole thing. Especially when you're in a dorm with two other individuals and they walk in on you sitting there with crisscross applesauce on your bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, it's a little odd. But it's just really hard to focus and, and reading about it doesn't help. And I don't know, I, I just dismissed it immediately because of that. I was like, it's stupid, dumb, not a good way to de-stress. And then I started smoking weed like every single day to de-stress and started getting like panic attacks because of it. And it was a whole thing. I'm okay now, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, I'm fine. But after that started happening, then I was like, well, there's got to be a different way to meditate, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe I should try it again just because... You know, I, I needed I needed a switch up. I needed something to, to, to make my life easier, I guess. And I came back to it, and what I found was there were apps with, like, there, there's this Headspace app where you take, like, 10 minutes a day. And it's actually pretty cool. It, it gets you kind of in the rhythm of it and, and kind of, it gives you a feel for it. But still, you know, I did the app, and I didn't, I did it probably maybe, like, three or four days in a row, and then kind of just farted out on me. Um, but I did like the guy's very soft British voice. 
And this leads me to how I actually started meditating, which was through this guy named Michael Seeley on YouTube, who has a very, very in-depth channel that's, he's probably got at least 50 videos. I don't know. He's been doing it for a while. So I, I could, so what I, what I did was I just looked up guided meditation on YouTube and his was one of the first ones that popped up and I was like, all right, yeah, I'll try this out. And I also did it while I was high because like I said, I got high every day, uh, which again is a bad habit. You shouldn't do that. I can come back to that, but I got high and I laid down to do this thing. And this experience that I had through, med through, through this first real meditation, even though it was guided, it was very mind-opening. Like, I, I literally felt in my mind a whole journey that I went through. He talked me through it. And, and you have to realize the thing is with guided meditation is that you don't, it's not, you don't have to think about exactly what they're talking about. You can let your mind wander and do what it wants to do, but they're supposed to guide you on a way into a spiritual journey. You know, it's it's not it's not this long walk on a beach where you meet all your friends and you meet your inner child or whatever, but if that's the way that they do it, then maybe that works for you and maybe thinking about that helps you out. But to me, my mind went somewhere else where I saw all the thoughts in my head and, and all the positives and the negatives and everything just just mixing together and, and the negatives were winning. And, and what, it, what meditation really, in the end of the day, what meditation really helps you do is kind of step, take a step back and see those thoughts swirling around inside your mind. And, and to be able to detach from those, even, you know, that's just the first part of the whole process. Detaching is is a very important step because not a lot of people can do that. But that's not the whole thing. So I was able to detach and see the swirling. And, and what I realized is w within the swirling, there are good memories that stand out, that can stand out. And those ones you kind of have to cling to, even if it's just the smallest amount of the, if it's the sprinkles on top of the chocolate and the vanilla. I don't know. what <laughs> That metaphor was lost. But... It, it's very, you have to grab onto those little things. I just, there's this guy named, um, there's this guy from Lebanon, my hometown, named Brendan Pinkerton, shouts out BP. He he was somebody my freshman year who, I, I didn't see um, a lot because he, his first semester, he wasn't, he wasn't, my first semester, he wasn't here. And the second semester, you know, he's a busy guy, has a lot of friends, does improv, whatnot. But... The way that he said one word, he he does this thing where he goes, uh, right? And it's just so, like, matter-of-factly dumb but smart. I don't know. It's it, he know, He's doing it to be funny, it, it, not to be, like, a sarcastic asshole. And I don't know. Wh when I hung out with him and he did that, it just made me smile every single time. So in through this meditation process, that is one, the first one that I did, that was one memory that kept coming back to me for some reason it's kind of weird because it's I mean it's just this guy that I really didn't start hanging out with until senior my senior year of high school freshman year of college type thing but again it was just one small thing that made me kind of chuckle and smile and I saw it within all these positives and negatives and there are plenty more like I have some with my family and my best friends that would come out but what I realized is you have this whole database of of 
happy memories that'll make you laugh or make you smile or put you in a positive place. And you also have a database of every other single memory ever, whether it's negative or neutral. You know, it's, it's, they can all be accessed if you really try, especially if you realize, again, if you're able to, to detach and realize that you have those accessible at any moment when you, when you need them. So, you know, the, to get into the tripping, the trippier part of the first experiences, I realized that like all of those happier memories kind of detached from the, from the swirl within my mind. And they started, you know, they slowly became part of um, a database around my heart as opposed to my mind. Whereas my mind, I can go for memories about school, work, other things that people think about, I don't know, social media, and just regular knowledge or bad memories, you know, because, you know, you do learn things from, from bad memories and bad experiences. Uh, however, it is crucial to have that database of positive memories to come back to when you've been in the bad swirl for too long or the neutral swirl for too long. And the neutral swirl is nothing to be taken for granted because that swirl is, I think, a place where most of us are on the reg, you know, where that's the mind space when you're not in a high and you're not in a low low, you're just in a neutral. And it feels very routine and you get in kind of a rut. That's just the headspace that you're in. And I don't know, I, I think I think this whole process of doing that and opening that third eye to be able to detach from everything is very relaxing in a way. I th again, I, I look at it as <clears throat> I look at it as a positive thing in my life, but again, meditation isn't supposed to I mean, it feels good after you do it, but not for the reason that it makes you feel good. It it feels good because it's a it's a it's just a rest from your from your day-to-day -day mind space. And that's something that I'd not really ever experienced before, and I think that's why it was so profound to me. And why I want, you know, I, I do recommend it to people. I, I'm not one of those guys that's like, hey, have you tried meditation? I'm going to send you this video, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'll bring it up and like, yeah, I meditated the other day, or, I mean, I don't even do that a lot, because that's even kind of <laughs> dickish. But I, if it comes up in conversation naturally, I mean, the other day, this uh, last week, actually, this girl at work was talking about how she got dumped and how she was had to work and it was she had to push through everything. It was very hard, and she was, and I was in the room and she was like, "How do you like? You have you guys had any lovers or emotional things happening recently?" And I said, "Nope, not one. <laughs> I I'm kind of a just a nerd that doesn't really like to talk to people. I do talk to people. I'm not a nerd. I just." have other things to focus on, I mean, I, and even that sounds kind of, look, listen, I do, I, I don't want to get into all that, that's not what this is about, okay, this isn't about me, this is about, anyways, um, I'm having too good of a time doing this, by the way, if you guys are listening to my podcast, just know that I do it mostly for me, and if you enjoy it, that's, I mean, good for you, <laughs> um, but anyways, so, I told her, I was like, well, I mean, to, to kind of deal with the stress, it's not even stress, to deal with not having an emotional partner or an even physical partner all the time is, it is kind of a mental depressant. And what I do, I told her, I was like, I, I meditate. And they kind of laughed it off or whatever. And I was like, okay, so they're not into it. You know, like I said, I'm not going to push it on anybody. But 
the next time I worked with her, not, you know, what, a, a week later, I come back and she's like, hey, she, she like brought it up. She's like, hey, I, uh, so I meditated the other day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, I thought about what you said. And that night I was feeling really down. So I went on a run and then I came back and I was just exhausted. So I laid down and in my mind, and in my mind, I just went to the nicest memory that I had, or it was like a beach or, you know, up on a mountain somewhere or something. And I was like, good for you. You know, it's, it, and again, I don't think she really, it was kind of the experience that I had with meditation before I actually broke through where it was like, I could tell, you know, it felt good and it was relaxing for her. And I think it, you know, it opened some doors, but I don't think she fully crossed the barrier of detachment and full state of meditation. And I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because I know there are different levels to it. And there's probably levels to meditation that I haven't reached yet. But I think, I think it is important to detach from that and get out of the day-to-day -day routine. Uh, especially if your day-to-day -day routine includes smoking weed every day or drinking every day or taking caffeine every day. Um, this is what I said I was going to get back to earlier, if you recall. I have recently kind of realized that, you know, I mean, it happens every year. And, I mean, you realize it when it happens, but I don't typically do anything about it. But it's, it's just the daily routine becomes sort of, it becomes a rut and it just is boring and you need to switch things up. And if something that I really, I tried switching, switching it up by reading a different book, watching different TV shows, kind of walking a different route to school or whatever, even, even the most minute things, um, trying to act a little different here, or there, taking a shower at night. And, and those are all things that I think can help if you do switch those up a little bit. But a big part of college life is, is drinking and, and smoking and, and doing other things that um, you probably shouldn't be doing. And I think that's what becoming an adult is realizing that those things aren't good for you and detaching from them. But also I think while we're in college, you know, you can still enjoy those things, but take, take, my buddy and I have this, you know, we talk about moderation and everything, you know, Monday, go sober. Tuesday, smoke. Wednesday, it's pitcher's night, so you, obviously you have to go out. Thursday, uh, heroin, of course, you know, it's just, it just goes hand in hand. And then Friday, go sober again, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you give some, you take some. And that's what I was living my life by. I was, and especially Fridays and Saturdays, I would have free access to coffee at work. So I would just be like, oh, free coffee at first, you know, that's a, that's a little buzz that I don't usually get. So let's do that and throw that in the mix. And it just became very, very, while still, you know, mixing it up and put, giving it moderation, it did become very routine. And I think at this point in my life, I need to, to take a step back and, and I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a sober binge here for a little bit just because I don't know, because I, if that, if there, if smoking and drinking become so routine and I know I use that word a lot, but it, it does become boring and it, it becomes almost like you're taking a pill or you're just doing it's it. You look at it sometimes almost as homework. It's like, well, 
I gotta get high and watch that movie tonight. You know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do this or this, and it, and it really sucks, is because it's a very social thing. At least for me, I don't typically. I started smoking because it was with other people, and then it became a thing that I did by myself. And I, I really want to knock that habit. I really do because it's not. You need to have. Well, that's again what kind of made me come to the realization is that I was just tired all the time, and, and it just felt like I was constantly going and going, and and that's be, because even the nights were Sunday or Monday night when I didn't have anything to do. I would chill out and I'd smoke and watch a movie and, and that felt like relaxing to me and it felt good I, while I was in it. But then the next day it would still feel kind of foggy in the head and you'd feel that, that, not like the, but it, it's like a, a cloud over your, over your day to day life. And it's like, oh shit, I, it just becomes like everything is dragging. And so, yeah, I just decided to, to do a little sober binge and where I think it actually has been helping a lot because the days where I don't do anything and stay in and and I'm completely sober I went to bed at like 10 30 last night which is crazy for me I, I mean it's not crazy but it, for, for a college kid and and I don't know it just felt really good and I mean I always have early classes so to be able to wake up with a full night of sleep a full night of sleep not a even, you know, I would go to bed at 10.30 sometimes, but after that, that was after drinking a couple beers during the day, or not just a couple, you know, obviously not just a couple, but <laughs> it, it's just a way more fulfilling night of sleep, and I always forgot that, I didn't forget, I value sleep very, very highly in my mind, but a sober night's sleep, a couple of sober night's sleep can be more fulfilling and relaxing and st stabilizing than anything that I've felt in a while. So I, re I do recommend that. Um, meditation, I did want to mention, uh, I, I have to give a little bit of credit to my favorite band, uh, Weezer, because Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer, I looked very, very heavily into, the, into them, especially my freshman year when, when I had all that downtime and I was negative and in a bad space, bad space or whatever, because I knew I liked Weezer and Fuck you, they're, they're, they're an alright band, okay? They helped me when I was a sophomore and peaking in hormones, so deal with it. In high school. <laughs> a sophomore in college peaking with hormones. <laughs> but I read into Rivers Cuomo, and he is a very, very stimulated mind that just constantly is on the go. He's always figuring out new ways to write songs and trying to experiment and unfortunately appeal to the masses a lot of the time. But still, you know, he's always on go and has tours and has a family and two kids. And he said that after um, Make Believe, which we, uh, Beverly Hills and Perfect Situation was on, I think it was either that year or the year after where he, something happened and he had to start meditating. And what he did was, since he's, again, he's a very odd individual who was stimulated all the time, he chose to use meditation. He, he viewed it as something like a stimulation, you know, like I find writing for me is kind of a stimulation. It's, you know, or reading a good book. It's like, get your mind going or doing a good, I don't know, even just something productive in a way, I guess that's what um, stimulation means to me. 
Um, so he looked at meditation as something that he's like, okay, I got to get really, really into this and use it to my advantage. And I think what he found out is, so what he did was he, he went on like, he, he took a class and he's, from that day on, he did two hours of meditation every single day. And he hasn't, he hasn't gone a day since like 2005 without doing two hours of meditation. So he did take it and do the crazy thing with it. Obviously, you don't have to do two hours of meditation every single day. But I think that is a good example of what meditation really does is if you're stimulated all the time and you're feeling that tiredness, it, it gives you a moment to, to detach from real life and that routine and kind of just look at it at a different third person perspective. So taking that with me, it, it, it really helps me just pump the brakes, you know, and, and chill out and and be a normal human being instead of this guy that's always in my head or this stimulated individual that's making people laugh or, you know, making people feel uncomfortable. Uh, it, it just makes me kind of, brings me back to the human being world. So after a while, after I did, I did the guided meditation for the whole first semester of my, or the last semester of my freshman year, and into summer, but after a while, I went through all of Michael Seeley's videos, again, he has 50 plus, and I watched them so many times, they became kind of routine again, and, in, and a little bit, they didn't, they didn't work as well, they weren't as effective with me, and I stopped meditating for a while. Uh, another thing, real quick, is while I was doing that, he has a very, very, very good video on, um, Confidence and posture. It's a meditation video on confidence and posture. And if you knew me between the time that I was uh, a freshman, uh, beginning out as a freshman in college and my sophomore year, I did this video that he had. And it, the more you do it, you can come back to it as much as you want. I took a whole vacation and listened to it every day. And I came back to work after vacation and everyone was like, wow, you look taller like did you get taller over vacation and I don't know if posture is a, a, a problem for you I definitely recommend checking that video out anyways so all these videos got kind of uh, boring and annoying and the same old same old thing and I stopped doing it for a while sophomore year I didn't have to uh, meditate as much luckily because I had um, my brother moved into Athens so I was able to see him a lot and that's a little bit of home I think uh, knowing somebody that deeply and being able to have real conversation is another thing that grounds me and helps me deal with certain situations and, and bad mindsets that I'm in. So having him here was uh, a blessing and was amazing. However, that summer I went back and I was getting back into the blech. It just started getting boring and less stimulating and wasn't feeling good again, was... I was looking forward to junior year at OU, but just in a different way, like I was ready to get back into the productive mindset. But anyways, that's when I found this guy, Alan Watts, which again, he is actually getting way bigger than um, I previously thought. I thought he wasn't that well, well known of a figure, but I think now he's got books that are getting republished, and I've seen uh, my friend... Abby Richter and her brother Josh Richter have started a podcast all based around Alan Watts' teachings, and I think he's getting a lot bigger. And what Alan Watts 
showed me is that there's a psychological, instead of that guided meditation way of getting into that state of being, into that state of being third person and detaching, he, he gives it a psychological and very physical nature to it. So it's not all, you're walking down a well of stairs and then you trip and you go deeper and deeper into your own subconscious. It's nothing like that. <laughs> uh, what Alan Watts does is he takes um, the realistic concept that we can grasp as human beings in our mind of taking noises and taking breathing and putting us into a meditative state of just being and realizing that we are all just part of this one happening and one thing that's going on. We aren't creating the world and the world isn't creating us. It's all just happening. Anyways, it's all very hippy-dippy bullshit, but also it does help a lot. And so it, it really got me back into back into the meditative state. It, it took me into just hearing this guy talk. He is so intellectual and calming as a person. And he does this funny thing when he, when he gets like, he, he puts little jokes occasionally into his lectures and his voice will get all squeaky. And he's like, well, well then what's life mean? I don't know. <laughs> you have to check him out uh, or don't, you know, it's, this is just me. I don't expect a lot of people to listen to this because meditation isn't a very widely dealt thing yet. And it is hard to get into. But the whole point of the whole thing is to definitely give it an option. If you are feeling like definitely see it as a as an option, because if you are feeling tired or overstressed, overworked, you're overthinking everything, you're just you just need a break. I would definitely recommend either there are multiple methods of of meditation and I'm sure at some point Alan Watts is going to be worn out on me and I'll have to find another one that works you know it, or just go back to Michael Seeley hopefully it's just he's got such a deep British voice that you can't help but to fall in love with and also fall asleep to so <laughs> uh yeah so I, I mean check it out listen to it try it out I I want I just wanted to share this message because it was such a helpful thing in my life and I think it could help anybody who sees it as a potential option. It could help them out as well. Uh, yeah, so thanks for listening.